This is Kari Payton. I'm Ezekiel on The Walking Dead, and I love listening to Two True Freaks Network. I think maybe you should too. So hi, welcome to your Fear the Walking Dead cast, and we are now covering Season 8 of the Walking Dead proper flagship show. And it's about time, guys, I gotta tell you. <laughs> hey, we, we <laughs> this actually started as a Fear the Walking Dead podcast. Uh, we started covering that when it first started, and then we, we decided, you know, hey, we watched the other one too, so maybe we The demand was huge. Too. The right. demand was huge from was Facebook, huge. emails, Twitter... <laughs> iTunes, everybody was on to us, especially my 10-year-old son who doesn't even watch the show. But Brian has some very nice dreams. Um, some yeah, people. we had, Brian we had all, of all three listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we may have to apologize. We have to apologize to a couple of our regular listeners who literally do not watch The Walking Dead, Mike, and uh, just like listening to our crazy synopsis of the show. So, Well, that's awesome. So you're you're essentially watching The Walking Dead for them. Yes, basically, yeah, we do it so they don't have to. I know they're a little squeamish on the gore. You know, I think David Pascarella out there has kind of a weak stomach, I've heard. And I'm sure they're busy people. They've got better things to do with their time than, you know, watch TV shows. Right. So basically, they have better things to do than listen to us. I would so, think so, but I'm never going to, you know, tell them. I'm, I'm not going to try to convince them of that. Uh, other so, so we give them zombie by proxy. Yes, yes, I we do. Okay. <laughs> All right, but uh, you listeners there at home, I have noticed an unusual voice. Well, really not unusual. Um, sounds a lot like the rest of us. But we have a very, very special guest for the show tonight. Um, something our, our esteemed cohort, Beth Hughes, helped set up. And thank you, Beth. We have Mr. Michael Zaptic from Comic Book Men. On AMC TV. Nice, you got the name too. I'm impressed. I, I, I practice these things. I am a, a not paid professional, so. <laughs> and, and Mike's got some podcasts there himself, doesn't he? He does. Uh, I, well, he can pimp himself now if he wants, or, or wait till after. It matters <laughs> oh, not to yeah, me. Yeah, a little bit of experience, but uh, no, I'll pimp myself afterwards. Okay, sounds good. All but, right. Yeah, um, we we've grabbed him from over on uh, Kevin Smith's uh, Comic Book Men, uh, which I have been uh, watching. Not, I'm I'm a little behind on a couple seasons. Apologies for that, but I love the show. Oh, God in heaven. <laughs> I am not behind, by the way. <laughs> I actually kind of semi-met you, or at least we exchanged money for goods and services. Uh, a long time ago, Mike, you were working the counter. I got to say, that sounds really dirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. I pride myself on the innuendo factor. Our innuendo foo is strong on this show. Uh, <laughs> but no, you, you probably took my money for uh, the one time I was able to visit the stash in like 2002 or three, I think it was. And you, you probably handed me my signed copy of uh, Chasing Amy. So Yeah, I probably did. And you probably asked me what Kevin Smith was really like. And I just rolled my eyes. and No, no, I didn't. I wasn't that guy. Excellent. Good I wasn't boy. wasn't that guy. I just you know went over to the, uh, the Bluntmobile and, and, and stood with my jaw on the floor. You know. Yeah, we had to move that up to the the, the roof. We moved really? it up to the ceiling. Yeah, we we put it up off the floor because someone stole Jason Muse's tongue. <laughs> oh my god! Why does that yeah. not surprise you? Actually, me. not just <laughs> once, not just once, but twice. So, oh. well, you and, know, 
we we just moved it up, and now nobody nobody has access to Jay's tongue. Now they wanted well, everybody loves a little tongue now. Well, yeah, then. they wanted the power of the click commander. Apparently, uh, well, I mean, they do think he probably got a little Carrie Fisher in there. So, oh dear, dear, dear. too soon. Is that too soon. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, trust me. That's my Tourette syndrome kicking in there. She no, she wouldn't have laughed at that joke, but she would have appreciated that joke. Indeed, no. indeed. Uh, we appreciated her cameo in that movie. It was it was very interesting. But we're here to talk some Walking Dead, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the good host thing and do a little interview of Mr. Zapsick here first, and just uh, get your kind of history of the Walking Dead. Were you on board with the the book um, before the show, or absolutely? I, I actually started with issue one. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, when issue one hit the stands, uh, Walt and I both picked it up because, I mean, that was when Image was really, really floundering. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Kirkman injected new life into the, the comic book company. I mean, Image was, it was like torn apart. It was so fragmented. Yeah. And, uh, Outcomes this, and I I'd read some of Kirkman's stuff before. He he'd done uh, Marvel Team Up, he'd done uh, a couple of other books, he'd done Battle Pope. So I, I knew of him. So I was I was curious to see what uh, what he had in store. And the book, you know, the I think the solicitation said the little interview with him, and he said, you know what, I, you know what I really hate about zombie movies is that they end, and you don't yeah. find what happens to the survivors. So, and I mean, he had me right from, from jump street. So, uh, we have a couple non book readers here, actually, Beth and Brian. I've, I've read some of them. I think Mike, I don't believe you've read any of them. Have you? No, but I do have them in my possession. Excellent. I have read some I'm of them. Will come the, in soon. What's that? You know, but I, the reason I, I, why I, go ahead. I was going to say, I've got a lot of lottery tickets in my possession, too. I don't check them because, <laughs> you know, if I do, then I know I'm a loser. So as long as I don't check them, I can theoretically still be a millionaire. There you go. So, I love that dream. The Schrodinger's uh, lottery tickets. <laughs> What's that, I, I want to ask you a question, Mike, because, you know, reading the comic books and watching the show and – they can take two different avenues, you know, never quite the same. And sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Are you disappointed because you want it to be just like the comic book? Or would you rather have it the show it is today? I love the fact that there. I, I can enjoy it. It's like getting two different kinds of Walking Dead. It's like going to Red Lobster and getting their shrimp special. You get scampi, you get fried, you get... I mean, you're getting the best of all possible worlds. You're getting Kirkman's vision, which has no constraints. There's no budgetary constraints on that. And he can do whatever he wants. And then you've got the Walking Dead TV show, and it's... All it is, all it is, in my opinion, is a lot of his concepts brought to life. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's that's another way to enjoy The Walking Dead. Are you watching Fear too? I actually, uh, I hate to say this, but I am uh, a a season and a half behind. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's unfortunately it suffers from Big Brother syndrome. Where mm-hmm. Walking Dead is like a juggernaut, and yeah. 
we're already geared up for everything. You know, uh, unfortunately, Fear the Walking Dead started out a lot slower. Yeah. Because when we, we hit we hit the ground running with Rick when he woke up in the hospital and, you know, the zombie apocalypse was already full blown. In Fear, you got to uh, go step by step. And one of the things that it, it pisses me off in um, horror movies, it pissed me off in Fear of the Walking Dead. And I understand Kirkman's conceit is that they're living in a universe with no zombie references. In their world, there was no George Romero or uh, Richard Matheson to right. the, you know, have the flesh-eating ghoul. So they don't they're kind of unprepared, but it seems like a no brainer to me, but I guess because we're immersed in a pop culture culture, uh, I should, you know what pop culture has become culture. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you, how do you take out a zombie? You shoot him in the head. Everybody knows that here over there. They don't. So, but you, I mean, if it's kill or be killed, you, you know, the curve is, is very, very steep. So, I would figure that they they would um, learn a lot faster, but they didn't. Yeah. So here, The Walking Dead was a little bit frustrating for me. I think we'd all recommend you stick it out, though. The thing that excites me the most about it is that I don't know where it's going. You know, I have no no roadmap from the books. So I mean, that's been ex- the most exciting part to me is to be able to not look, you know, see if they're going to go there or not. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's gotten really good, and the later, uh, but the third season was was really excellent in, in most yes. of our opinion. We have some nitpicks with it here and there. This oh, yeah. show, we consider ourselves kind of the anti Talking Dead um, because we are very critical of some aspects of the show, which we won't get into tonight. But um, <laughs> you know, we we have our issues because we got to talk for an hour about it, so we got to find something to talk about. But um, generally, uh, could be worse. You could be the uh, indie podcast, and those guys. I mean, they have to talk about Indiana Jones for an hour every week, and they've been going for like ten years. So, really? well, we have similar <laughs> podcasts on our on our network that that tread over old ground over and over and over again, and somehow we still get people to listen to us. So. <laughs> yeah, well, good job. Yeah. Yep. Um, since you've, uh, I, I, I'm kind of meant to go back and read the All Out War um, segment before we started it on the show, uh, but I didn't get to, but we will rely on your encyclopedic knowledge of books to uh, ask you if, how you feel like the, the show is, you know, paying tribute to that, or is it translating well so far for you after two episodes? Oh, it's it's very good. I mean, it's not shot for shot, and nor is it meant to be. Mm-hmm. All Out War... I mean, I had a lot of people over the summer come into the the shop and, and like, where are they in the TV show? And you know, I, oh, all that war—it's coming up now. You know, give me that one because I want to find out what's going to happen. I said, think of it more as don't think of it as Google Maps. Think of it as you know, an old timey gas station map. You're not yeah. going <laughs> to see. This is just going to give you an idea of what's going down. Because, I mean, if you've been watching the show and you read the comics, you know that they don't dovetail completely and perfectly. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is, it, as far as I remember, it does seem to be starting out fairly similar with the the main attack and, you know, the, the offer of surrender and stuff. 
Can, yeah. can either of you clarify something for me here? Mm-hmm. And that is the basically just shooting out the glass in, in the tower there at the Saviors. It, would, that, would that itself was a tactic, wasn't it? Basically to, to raise enough noise or was there something else in that? There's a couple of things. And at least in my opinion, um, Atlanta gets cold. So what they're doing is shooting out the window. So they actually have to work to race right. the Bible. Ah, yep. So, um, and to, to give egress to the, the zombies as well when they yeah. come in. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. I still have a little problems with uh, Rick's little countdown there in the beginning um, <laughs> where, you know, he, I, I like to describe it as he made a blind stro- stormtrooper look like a marksman on that one. Um, but think about this. If he killed Negan on the first drive, then we're done. Well, yeah, it would make it <laughs> yeah. for a boring season, but, uh, yeah. Know, so but, <laughs> um, I, I know a lot of people have a problem with that. It's just storytelling. I, Yes, Rick can uh, shoot a zombie from 60 yards away, get him right between the eyes with, you know, uh, a 357 Magnum. But, you know, uh, the, the sidearm that he's using, or the, uh, the automatic that he's using, uh, should be able to take out, you know, an, an entire football field full of zombies. But, uh, yeah, you you're going to go with pray and spray. You, you, he needs to pray a little harder, get with uh, Father Gabriel, which probably won't be able to happen now. But <laughs> Well, well, I think that, um, yeah, I think Father Gabriel's in pretty good hands. The, <laughs> the only guy on that show tougher than, or as tough as Rick, in my opinion, uh, besides Daryl, is Negan. So, and that's what this is all about. And I think that Negan even said it himself. He's like, you know, if if this is going to be, you know, you and pardon my French, but he's like, if we're just, you know, showing our dicks here, <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty much what it is. And then in my again, my opinion that that's what last season was all about. I'm still we're, we're waiting on the uh, the infamous first f bomb from Mr. Negan on the show because apparently they can do it now. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's attached to a proper pun or, or joke. Oh, gotta pick your spot for that. Yeah, <laughs> might as well. I, I have a feeling like AMC is like given like each show like maybe one an episode or one every few episodes because we've had a couple slip out now on like Fear the Walking Dead and Preacher. Um, so I, I'm a fan of the f bomb. If anyone who has listened to my podcast knows, even on Star Trek. <laughs> well, no, that, that's another story. I'll <laughs> Three in a minute. Three in a minute. <laughs> I know. How crappy is that? That AMC will not let. I mean, I, I heard one of one of the editors on Comic Book Men complain that they had to cut around all of our use of the word douchebag. So, oh god, yeah, yeah, no. So I can't, <laughs> can't even get an f bomb. Yeah, yeah. It, it, TV's evolving, you know. Is, someday we'll, we'll be able to get the nipples in the f bombs on, on regular cable. <laughs> Keeping my fingers crossed. I don't know. Hey, by, the time that thing, by the time that happens, regular cable will be gone. Probably, oh. yeah, or we'll be under British rule again. Yeah. What, what's your opinion <laughs> on? I'm sure you've heard of the uh, the deal where Kirkman's essentially. I forget. Is he going to? I forget, but basically, someone is getting the rights to everything, isn't it? 
What, to The Walking Dead? Yeah, possibly. Or, or he I, made some deal recently where he's moving was, over did, to was a, was it Amazon Prime? A streaming, yeah, possibly. Streaming service of some kind. Well, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Kirkman owns the rights. AMC probably co-owns part of that. Right. Why they're going, you know, there's that whole lawsuit between the producers and AMC. And I'm, I don't know enough to comment about that. Yeah. Um, I wish I did because I mean <laughs> the fate of my show is tied very closely right. to the dead. Yeah. So I hope not. I mean, I think you guys could exist without without that lead in. I mean, you have, must have your own niche other than just Walking Dead fans. We do, but it doesn't <laughs> hurt. Yeah. So. Indeed. Yeah. And if AMC just puts up their hands and said, "You know what? We're going back to just showing old movies." Then that's I'm like, oh man. Yeah, well, that would be shooting themselves. Well, in the then I, then I have to go start kissing Bob Odenkirk's ass, <laughs> which I have no, no, no problem doing, by the way. Me Just either. send Jeffrey Dean Morgan with the bat. Have him walk up to the producer's office and tap on the door. Uh, look, yeah, look, I've given up some cameo appearances on Supernatural for this. You gotta keep me employed. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He's probably got. He'll go least, wherever his check is signed. He's probably got at least five more flashbacks of Batman's father to play too, coming down the pipe too. So true, and uh, he also owns a chocolate shop in upstate New York, so he's fine. Really? <laughs> hey, Paul Rudd co-own a chocolate shop. What town do you know? I believe it's Rhinebeck. There you go. So it's actually I, not, I, I forty minutes from where I live. Okay, so it's like see, down see, by see, now, upstate. Another thing we have to go see when we go up to New York, babe. <laughs> but you know, right? I was, uh, go, going back to the episode, you know, the, the there is an interesting scene there. Just as they were, just before Rick starts shooting, when he, before he does his countdown, you know, they're going back and forth between him and Negan, and you can see there's that point where Negan actually starts sweating it a little bit, and I it's just you can see it right there in the eyes and in the face, and that was a, a great piece of acting on his part. You know, I mean, because everybody else had had to have that stern, you know, stern look and everything. And then, of course, there's Xander Berkeley doing his cowering bit. <laughs> but that right there was that right there was the most impressive uh, bit, of, bit of acting in the whole episode, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And the survivors, I don't think he expected, you know, such a uh, well-organized, you know, assault by by the survivors. He was getting a little little too confident. Um, and that's probably going to be his downfall because it usually is. Uh, what, what do you, uh, just going back to you, Mike, and, and from the books, what are some of your favorite translations from book to screen? Um, I mean, go all the way back if you want. I mean, favorite characters throughout the run? Uh, I'll, I'll Absolutely. I think that they got Michonne pitched perfectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rick and Carl, both of those guys um, were great. Actually, Lori, Sarah, Sarah Wayne Callies was was perfect as Lori. She was, I mean, in the comic books, I thought she was an annoying sack of crap. <laughs> and in the TV show, guess what? She was an annoying sack of crap. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right? I don't think she gets enough credit for that. I, I agree with you completely. I'm not one of those too. Lori haters at all. I'm like, yeah, she played the part she was supposed to play. You know, she you did know, it well. You know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, from when I started watching it, my wife got me into it in the third season. And when I started watching it, and you know, they'd even show just her picture in the opening credits, if I remember right. And even that picture, that had that weird, sad, desperation 
thing about her that made me not quite like her at all. And it's funny because, you know, she carried that with herself the entire time she was on the show. But there's other shows that she's on now. You don't get that at all. She's a completely different person. And it just is a testament to her acting ability in that regard. Thumbs up on that. You're absolutely right. Thanks. I uh, personally think they did Gregory pretty well. He's he's just suitably slimy for that part. Probably going to get typecast after this a bit. <laughs> well, Xander Berkeley does that very well. Yeah. Yes. And Jesus is great. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, Tom Payne is fantastic as Jesus. Yeah, I'll really- tell you a couple of things that I like that they switched from comics to, um, comics to the show mm-hmm. is uh, Carol. Carol yeah. has a badass. Yeah, that yeah. Sh- than because in the uh, the comics she went very differently, very differently. <laughs> yeah and they kept her around for a lot longer than um, than really you know they they did in the, the book so yeah um, and and they made her like really strong and tough yeah. so I like that and um, Ka- uh, no, 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 not Carol I'm sorry I'm, I'm going through my uh, Andrea mm-hmm I'm a little disappointed that Andrea, you know, wasn't that she didn't stick around as as long as the comic book character did. And I, I'm I also thought that there was a very bad casting of uh, I'm sorry I'm I'm blanking on her name uh, Lori Holden. Right. I don't I don't think she was right for the part. Well, she was one of those Maggie? holdovers. No, uh, no. The woman who no. played uh, Andrea. She was one of uh, Darabont's crew, basically, that he brought over as far as actors. I mean, there's a whole ton of actors that used to work with him that were in the original cast. So. Right, like Dale. Uh, yeah. Dale Berenthal was one of them, too. So so generally, uh, you, you give your comic reader a seal of approval on the show. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I happen to love it. Well, I've been a fan since... Uh, issue one and episode one so and like i said you can enjoy each separately but when you bring them together it's really cool yeah it's hey look, like watching- i jumped my ass okay he jumped my ass he's a super fan <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right well, you, should, you should listen to this podcast then uh, go back in the archive and you'd probably have many angry emails to send us <laughs> about some of our criticisms. Well, Beth called up and she asked for Ming Chen and, you know, because Ming is the super fan at the stash, which is, to be honest with you, um, it, Ming is a, a huge fan. He goes to a lot of Walker Stalker cons, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because he flies himself out there and just sets up a table. And I'm like, Ming, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm setting up here. So, unbeknownst to most of them. But uh, I'm actually the the person who got Ming into uh, The Walking Dead TV. There you go. So that's who we needed <laughs> to talk to then. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. We really are. But we, should, my we should release you, sir. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, do hope you'll give the finished product a listen in a couple days if you'd like. Absolutely. And um, yeah. Wait, I have one one last question, Mike. Go for sure. it. So, yeah. what's your most favorite collectible that you have from The Walking Dead that you just could not bear to part with? Ooh, and what's your address? And when aren't you home? Oh well. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I have pictures of me and most of the cast. Nice. Uh, and Fair most enough. of the stuff, my, my most treasured um, collectibles are, are the things in my head, like uh, having 
uh, discussions with uh, Ross Marquand, who plays um, Aaron. Aaron, yeah, yeah. He's, and he's amazing. He's yeah. he's great too, and just you know, going to Walker Stalkers and talking to their fans, you know, the the uh, Walking Dead fans, and to see. Uh, I've met Norman Reedus on uh, a couple of occasions, but to to walk out and and have women in hysterics. I bet. Yeah. They just met. You know, they they just met Daryl. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. Yeah, that that'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. I think Beth would be throwing various <laughs> items of clothing at him. <laughs> Beth, tell me you're not the, the woman that bit uh, poor Norman Reedus. <laughs> Fess up, Beth. Fess up. Hey, come on. Are, are you completely banned from uh, Walker Stalkers now? <laughs> no, not at all. I, ne- I never had the opportunity to meet him. When we uh, did try, we actually bought tickets to go to the con uh, here in Dallas. So I could meet him and get his autograph and finally say how much I appreciate him being on the show. And then soon they, after the uh, restraining orders will be signed. Yes, it it was so chaotic that people didn't even know where to go and grab the tickets yeah, to stand they, in line to get they, to meet him. I think I remember that Walker Stalker was nuts. Yeah, they, they, they ushered him and Jeffrey Dean Morgan out really, really quick that day. Um, we did get to meet Kari Payton, who is awesome, a, a great, great person. Isn't, isn't he a really cool guy? Yes, he is. And I'm going to give you uh, something that not a lot of people know. He's the voice of Cyborg on uh, Teen Titans Go. We, well, we, see, that's, that's that we were there when we were talking to him. And of course, he looks down at my 10-year-old son who's standing right there with us. And he goes, do you know who I am? Boo, yeah. And, you know, Chris was just like, oh, my God, it's Cyborg. You know, that was great. That was a great moment. But yeah, he was, he's really cool. He was very gracious and, and very giving with his time. Of course, he saw how the, you know uh, Norman Reedus and Jeffrey D. Morgan were getting taken away. And so he was trying to make sure everybody got their money's worth from, from him. Yeah, that's awesome. So, oh, that was great. Mr. Zapstick, thank you so much again for being on here. Um, oh, pleasure, folks. You're like our, our first officially known person. Um, so that's incredible, and it, it feels like great synergy that we've been supporting this AMC show for so long now, and uh, we've got an actual AMC person with us, so that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm nerding out a little bit. Oh, excellent. Uh, Good deal. But love your show. I would actually suggest, if you ever get the time, to check out our uh, our Garage Sale Gloat podcast that me and a oh, friend do. Greatness. Um, we yeah. essentially go around to garage sales, and we are we are hunters for the nerd stuff. I had a pretty good score of Star Wars stuff this summer, actually. Oh, very cool. Hey, you know what? I will, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk later on. Tell us about uh, your podcast real quick, uh, Mike. That you- oh, uh, Ming and I do a couple of podcasts. One is called I Sell Comics. It's on the Smodcast Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a weekly comics review. And then we do a, a show called uh, Ming and Mike. And uh, it's the Ming and Mike show. And we just, it's a couple of middle aged dudes who just get angry about stuff. So that's. Familiar that's with that, yes. Fun. And uh, if I can push one other thing, Ming and I are sure. actually starting a podcast studio. No kidding. Uh, yes. Where people can come in. Um, 
whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, uh, you come into our clubhouse and you podcast and we set you up. It's pretty cool. It's called a shared universe, shared nice. universe podcast studios. Hmm. I love that send up, send idea. The applications. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, franchise rights. Uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> Pat pending. Sorry. Got, got to say Pat pending. There you go. All right, Mike. Thank you again. We will be watching you on Comic Book Men as well. Um, thank you for your time, sir. Thank you so much, folks. Have a great Good night. Thanks, Mike. You got it. Okay, so so what do we do now? I, I I'm at a loss now. I didn't write a. I do have notes. Let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. Let's All at right. least talk about what we thought about the show, even if we don't cover, you know, exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. Did did any did any of you get? And I'm just going to throw this out at the beginning. Did any of you get uh, from the first two episodes? And we don't have to talk about second one yet, but you get kind of an A team feeling from it. A team? What do you mean? A team. You oh, know, the ADC. You know, oh, yeah. just like billion, billion bullets and nobody hit. But I mean, obviously, we did see people getting hit later, but yeah. In in that the, this one here, I don't I don't know that you know. Aside from the the people that they got, you know, checking off the list. Uh, from the beginning, aside from those that once they really started shooting the bullets, did any of the saviors actually get taken out? Are oh, you going to make me be negative now that we had a positive fan on? Ah! <laughs> well, now the, now he's not here. Now we can be. <laughs> Let's we, we do it. Now, now we, we can, can do what's be... expected of us. <laughs> yes, but what's again, expected you know, the, of us exactly. Right, right. The whole thing is, is that 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 whole segment, what they were doing there, it seemed to be more strategy than anything. It wasn't about shooting Negan of those guys until Rick saw he had an opportunity to take him out right then and there. Right. Which so it, they, 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 that was their strategy and it was successful because of what they brought in there. Right. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, 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 like, I, I never got the feeling they were trying to hit anything. They had their army of walkers coming, so maybe Rick just was like, no, I want these guys to go out in the worst possible way. But wasn't it more like a threat more than anything? I mean, yeah, it was. It was. It was. We're not afraid of you. We're yeah, show of force. Lay it out right here. Well, yeah, I, I, I think it was also. You know, the sanctuary is their location that's hardened. If they at least force them out of there and put them on the run, they can take away some of the savior's advantage. Yeah, you know they can't really march on the sanctuary and win. They have to compromise it somehow. Even with uh, Dwight helping them, though, I don't think they have a complete view of exactly what Negan's capabilities are as far as force size and stuff too. So there's a lot of like recon stuff going on, or just you know feeling out the, the force, which you know before now we we've understood that it was. Was uh, you know vastly superior, and and that's one of my problems with it. That things almost seem too easy, and I think we're going to be shown probably in the third episode on that it was too easy, and that Negan actually does have more of a an ace up his sleeve than you know we're we're seeing right now. Yeah. What happened? The episode. What happened in the next episode? Didn't look as easy. No, no, not at all. I, I mean, a lot went on, and uh, said so we're not doing our usual synopsis tonight. But I do have some some basic notes of of the structure. If you guys want me to go down that, um, yeah, go for it. Just yeah. some of the main points of episode one, which was called Mercy. Uh, one of the things we should talk about is we get with these weird flash forward scenes of like older wreck that that's been in the news yeah. for a while, and and. Um, 
and for you non-comic readers, I probably should have asked Mike about that a little bit, but uh, there is, you know, a time jump in the comics where we do get older Rick like a few years later, and it's just kind of weird that they're spoiling that kind of for non-comic readers or alluding to it, but that also doesn't necessarily mean cause the last like dream sequence we saw like that was Glenn at, you know, Thanksgiving dinner with everybody in Abraham, so... Um, we know how that turned out. <laughs> well, we we saw we definitely saw three different things, didn't we? We saw yeah. you know the future, we saw the present, and then we saw that that weird point where he had the 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 prism light sitting there sparkling off his forehead. Yeah, and the really red crying eyes, and then um, you know the whole it wraps up with that basically of, of the whole point of mercy. And at the end, Rick says, "You know, my my mercy mercy is you know out." outweighed my right. wrath basically or something right. to that effect which that bespeaks victory well you know I was really concerned that they were going to do um, what they did with the girl who went to Star Trek Sasha, uh, yeah. Sasha. Yeah. I was worried that that's what they were doing that they were you know the whole coffin incident where she was just having those dreams and they bet I was the thinking, whole episode going they're going to kill Rick they're going to they, kill Rick they are they're going to give us a left really, turn and they're going to kill Rick no I think you might be right Beth I really do think I, they might be going there I don't know I do because of what they said about Carl later in the episode with Michonne that just led more to it for me that he'll be gone this season somewhere along the line I think they're going to do it. I think it could be and, Michonne, though. Uh, and the only thing, just to for our listeners like Gene and David that don't watch the show, let me just kind of paint the the last flash-forward scene for you. It's an older Rick. It's Judith about six or seven, maybe. And it's Michonne looking exactly the same age. Now, I have no doubt that the woman would age very well, but doesn't it seem like she's exactly the same age as she is right now? Well, she can't grow a long gray beard. Well, that's yeah. true, but I mean, there are other ways to make people look old. And know? can't give herself an ugly as sin Chet haircut. Well, you know, one or two little laugh lines or something, you know, wrinkle or something. I mean, it's not really supposed to be that much farther. They're almost making Rick look too much older. Um, yeah, they didn't give her any gray whatsoever. She's just the same. And, I mean, we got a present shot of Judith uh, in these episodes, and she's looking about three-ish. Yeah. Help me. yeah, so this yeah. is only a few years in the future. How much right. she ate. So, I mean, yeah, the flash forward, it, it said it almost, Rick's going to have a really rough war, apparently, because you know, he looks like he's aged about 20 years <laughs> compared to everybody else. Uh, but that's sort of being a president, you know. Right, yeah. Maybe it's the leadership role wearing wearing on him. Yeah, yeah. That he but ages so much in a short time. It takes a toll. In, in the time that they showed that, I took that as if he was looking for the future of what the future was going to hold if he won this war. Yeah, because yeah, he, he said to Maggie, he's looking past it already. Yeah, yeah. Which, which fits in with the, the general narrative of the comics, too. I mean, it's all, this is all the, I uh, said, the, the run up to final, you know, or at least what they think is final stability in the apocalypse, where they finally get shit settled, and now, people stop fighting. And, and now I'm beating myself up because I didn't give Mike my theory about Rick and Nick that, you know, <laughs> that, that they are the Walking Dead, that they are the 
there are the cure as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, and, he'll and, listen to this and he'll hear it. Yeah. yeah. I have no doubt that Mike will listen to this. Because um, he's a podcaster like us, and we're insanely obsessive about how we sound on our own podcasts. <laughs> At least I, <laughs> I, I sound better on everybody else's podcast than I do on mine. I, I do too, and that's why it takes me so long to edit mine. <laughs> because <laughs> I can't stand listening to myself after a point. <laughs> But uh, let's just go down some uh, basic highlights of uh, of Mercy, the first episode. We we get a Rick, Ezekiel, and Maggie big rallying speech, um, which is annoyed me a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's like they all had to take a turn, which I guess I get because they were all talking to their own people. Um, there's a lot of time references in this uh this episode, a lot of people looking at their watches, the Carol and Tara Walker countdown for, you know, the herd. And I wasn't really grasping what the whole, how that was so important that they had it down to the minute and stuff like that, because I mean, it's just a herd and like, you want to get them there at a certain time, but after point, does it really matter if they arrive five minutes early to the compound or not? (laughs) I don't know. I guess they had to blow the gate first, but it's not like the, uh, the, Herd's just going to be like, oh, they haven't blown the gate yet. Let's walk on by and not go for the smorgasbord. Uh, Dwight and Daryl passing love notes was cute, you know. Uh, you know someone is already writing fan fiction about that, let's be honest. How far away were they from each other when they were doing that? Because they were incredibly accurate with those shots. Well, it's, you know, uh, Daryl apparently can hit the eyeball of a fly at 4,000 yards because uh, my my biggest nitpick about this episode was not that we're yeah we're getting we're, we're getting basically 80s action movie bottomless clips of fully auto rifles in this war um, which I guess fine it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see a person I think that Morgan was literally the only person in two episodes to actually change a clip on screen. <laughs> I said that that doesn't, you know, that doesn't bother me as much as as the extreme contrast that they. But showed. do you want? But do you want to watch another season of them scavenging? Not really, no. So that's that's why I give that a pass. But but what killed me in this one or in the first one was the contrast between them just emptying clip after clip or not having to empty clips, just keep spraying bullets. But they made such an emphasis on Daryl only having eight bullets in his gun and apparently being able to be a master marksman on the back of a moving motorcycle. Well, it's hard to change to change your clip on a moving motorcycle. Well, and it's a revolver, too. It's, it's also goddamn hard to shoot something with extreme accuracy on a moving motorcycle, I would assume. I've never shot a pistol in my life, but... <laughs> but the, target, the targets also were basically large garbage piles of, of I guess, fertilizer explosion. Yeah. Explosives. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's like hitting a womp rat in your T-16 back home. We sure, yeah. Uh, it's just one of you guys know. It's one of my nitpicks. Is my my whole thing about this this universe is if everyone's a superhero, it, it loses its impact, and it's just it just looked a little ridiculous that you know uh, he, he why emphasize that he only has the eight bullets if he can just shoot everything with that much accuracy anyway? Maybe you should have just had a missed one and have to go back and light a match on it or something. I don't know. Did Daryl fire eight shots? I didn't count. I, I, I don't know, but I, I'm assuming so. <laughs> Wait, you're going to do all that nitpicking and then not count? 
<laughs> well, wait, well my brain shuts off the- after that point. Like, really? He's just going <laughs> to hit every one of these as he's driving by with no problem? But he wasn't looking for accuracy. I thought he was only calling the zombies, so it didn't matter where he landed them. Yeah, well, he had to shoot the barrels his, or whatever. He had to shoot his little bombs there. So, yeah. Uh, it was another note I had. After all these years, Carl still won't stay in the house and almost gets killed from wandering alone. Um, he, he meets a crazy guy who apparently is going to be coming back later. And he does call his dad out for nearly being murdery. And Rick's like, oh, shot over his head. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, Dad, thanks. That's good. You're making progress. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that just goes to show right there that Carl's going to have a different way of leading. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they're say he said she'd follow him. I've always said that they, if uh, their best bet to make the story really have impact is to lead up to the fact where. Rick is unfit to lead and someone finally figures that out and he actually says that you know he's going to follow Maggie and Jesus pretty much declares Maggie president of Hilltop already so love that that was a fist pump for me um you know when they roll out sad Gregory there and like the Hilltop stands with Negan and they're like no yeah <laughs> we stand with the woman here you know I think they watched it and I'm thinking does Gregory actually believe that that he I his words have any sway I think he does briefly until he gets pushed down the stairs by Simon. <laughs> I think he expected everyone to just like rush back there and yeah, I mean, I think they pretty much portrayed Gregory as pretty delusional about his own level of power, you know, as was mentioned basically before by Jesus is like, eh, no one really wanted to be leader, so we just kind of let this guy be. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of in that moment, he made me think of that guy in Die Hard, you know, the business guy. Oh, yeah. Ha, yeah. Hans, booby. I just... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so, so during, during that scene where they're all up there on that balcony, did you guys for a minute think that Gavin was going to take Rick's offer? He he is the one that kind of was like, you know, hey, well, maybe we should talk about this for a second. Yeah. He, well, he's like, he seemed like he was he, I'm, I'm just watching him thinking, he, he's thinking, I'm middle management, and I didn't sign up to get shot. Yeah, pretty much. He's yeah. going where the bullets aren't flying. Yeah, he's like, I know Simon just got signed as a regular cast member, but I haven't yet. So, <laughs> mm, maybe we should chat this one out a little bit. Well, <laughs> you saw that last season with him with uh, when he dealt with the, uh, the kingdom. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't want to deal with anything he didn't have to. Right. And Typical he wasn't, middle manager. Yeah, and he wasn't quite as ruthless as, as kind of the rest of the crew either. He's he's definitely out to save his own ass. But, yeah, he's just kind of like, I just want to get along and do what I got to do and live. Right. Um, I, I get a little maybe red flag of uh, Michonne telling Carl, it's you know, he's in charge. When Rick leaves, it's his show. Is, you know, whoop, 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 big neon sign saying, oh, maybe Carl will be the leader soon. And, uh, you know, the thing was, is that I told Brian that I had a feeling that Rick was going to die way before the show ever started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Brian says, did you read something? Did you <laughs> uh, get a sneak peek at something? I don't know. And I said, no, it's just... I have this nagging feeling. I, it's it's weird. I mean, I, I've i said, I thought they were maybe going to pull the rug out from under us and do it even like last season, but um, I don't know. It's one of those things that 
you know, as I've always said, it's like you probably should kill the lead guy occasionally uh, and bring in a new That's what guy. I said. <laughs> exactly. But I haven't read any rumors to that effect at all either, even though most of the rumors I read about this are generally false, except for the, the Negan killing ones. Um, but who knows? I think it would be a very bold move, and, and it's almost necessary, uh, in my opinion. That- exactly. Well, they'll have to do it when Go ahead, Beth. That's what keeps the show fresh. Keeps us coming back because they do the unthinkable. And we all learn to anticipate that at some point, but my gosh, who kills off their main character? And who you decides know? when Rick is killed off? Does uh, the show. Lincoln. The, the, right, it's Andrew probably, Lincoln yeah. kind of decides. Yeah. I don't think they're going to kill him off as long as Andrew Lincoln is willing to come back. No, I mean, because it's, it would, that would cause a schism with the comic fans. I mean, you know, I, I almost kind of am cheering for him to die in the comics, too, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I don't know. He's, it's, it's hard to kill the longest standing character like that and, and not piss some people off, but true fans would be okay with it and understand what they were doing. I don't don't think you kill kill off Rick unless uh, Andrew Lincoln wants to leave the show. Right. Uh, Unless, you know, or they write it logically that it's like, I I mean, I'd be okay with him going back to Farmer Rick and letting Maggie handle things. I think that would be the best thing for all the survivors. But, personal. Look, Andrew Lincoln is vying for a spot on uh, Star Wars, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, is everybody, oh yeah. Uh, everybody wants no, he, he's he's like out loud <laughs> during the Talking Dead when they were all on. Really? That, uh, yeah, if he were to ever leave the show since uh, Sasha got to go to Jeez, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah but he, he could only be an Imperial Stooge because he's British. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With his aim, only be a yeah stormtrooper. <laughs> stormtrooper. <laughs> That's great. Stick to the hand-to-hand stuff. Let's talk about Morgan a little bit. Morgan's just the freaking Terminator at this point. Um, and did he not get gunned down? Well, that's episode. Are we talking about the second episode? Yeah, we're just going to kind of mold the two because we'll wrap it up here fairly soon. But I mean, they—they're almost companion pieces. I'm really surprised they didn't run them both in the same night. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's an extension of the operations they got going on. I've got to say that the the battle barricade cars are pretty badass. Got to give yep. them props for for doing the whole kind of Mad Max thing. Did um, you get mad at Father Gabriel? Yeah, Father Gabriel definitely wins Dumbass Award of the Year for yeah. for these episodes. I mean, you know, uh, and I yeah, I guess he's he's been painted as the uh, the compassionate one that would do that. But almost recently, they've been showing him as a little more hard and willing to just kill. And so it it almost kind of boggles my mind that they wrote him to to go try to to rescue Gregory, and of course Gregory just ran off with the car. But I mean, it, it almost felt forced. It felt like, you know, we need him to be with Negan, so we're going to make him do something stupid, and that's been one of our, all of our criticisms of the show at times, that they just write stupidly just to move the plot. Yeah, but I will say this, though, in times like these, people do stupid things. Sure, but... I don't know. I mean, he was all about getting Rick out of there. We gotta go, we gotta go. And then he goes and gets his dumb ass caught, and I don't probably don't think he's gonna survive it. <laughs> he's better be wearing his shitting pants. That's, that's all we know. Uh, 
So you know, and I, I'm concerned that they left uh, quite a few people alive. You know, what are they going to do with these people? Yeah, well, that's, they, that's, well, they can't kill everybody in episode two. No, yeah, uh, that's well, that's, that was kind of the big theme of episode two: is, is Jesus saves. <laughs> Tara wants to kill because um, they do some more assaults and they take down the big uh, satellite uh, place. Or well, I'm not sure where okay. they were. They were just another outpost, basically. Uh, Jesus's yep. crew. And I was all downright shocked that Morgan was like, he said, "Kill them all." Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see know, a little civil war between Rick and, or an attempted one between Rick and Maggie's. You know, there's there's kind of a, two sides being drawn, and and Tara thinks that it's like Rick wants us to slaughter everybody, and Jesus is like, we really shouldn't. You know, we've, if we're going to be the better people, we really shouldn't. <laughs> well, it's, it's, and and gotta, I get that. Yeah. You have to pick your moments. I mean, the thing is, like, if you come across Simon and Gavin, you yeah. know you got to kill Simon, but Gavin, no. you can probably get to your side. Yeah, yeah, just give him a nice little death job, and he'll be fine. Simon's yeah. mustache alone is a deadly weapon, so you really <laughs> just take that off. Well, the I've I've heard uh, Simon's mustache has its own agent now. <laughs> Does it? And drop its own zip code. Yeah. Um, I said I'm not sure what they're doing with Morgan. You know, he gives us that line that you know he's got some buddies that are like we'll, we'll back you up, and he's like I can't die. I don't need you. And then the two people that were there to back him up get gunned down along with him, and he gets up. Apparently, Morgan has two settings. Kill no one or kill everyone. Kill everyone, yeah, because he literally takes out, like, 50 people after that. He just goes full Terminator. It's and did anybody shoot him? Even. Yeah, back at shooting him. him. He just said, <laughs> yeah, not even worrying about the staff. They're like, humans, fuck this, I'm using bullets. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Whoa, all right. And, yeah, he's, like, so jacked by the time he meets up with uh, Jesus and, and the war, the war prisoners that he's just like, you got to start killing them. And Jesus is like, nope. And then Tara's like, I'm going to ask Rick. I'm going to tell on you. And, and Jesus is like, I, Maggie's on my side. She's going to be the new leader. <laughs> it's like, so... So, yeah, that's kind of an interesting little arc um, that they're going to see that... Uh, although it does kind of put a target on Jesus' head, um, you know, because he's trying to be the compassionate one, so he's, he might be done. Now, one of the prisoners of war, was, it, was, that, was that tall guy? Was that the guy who was uh, in the group uh, bothering the uh, the kingdom? Yeah, he's the, the one, I think, he's the one that ended up killing Ben, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, so that's why Morgan was going right after him. And, uh, but didn't anyone find a strong parallel to Morgan's not dying? Like he has the purpose right along with Daniel's. He has a purpose on yeah, Fear, The Walking Dead. Yeah, he does have a purpose to kill everyone. Yeah, I mean, he's he's even better than Daniel. He didn't take one in the cheek. So, um, I don't know. I, it's I, Again, I'll go back to it. It's like, man, I don't want superheroes on my zombie show. I want to see people interacting. But, eh, you know, I'll give it a little pass for the All Out War thing, because it was some pretty glorious action shots in this. Yeah, but I, I think his his whole I don't die thing was more of a, yeah, I'm one of those that's going to have to suffer through this to the end. I'm going to have to see every dead body. I'm going to have to see all this, because I don't want to. Possibly, yeah, I mean. Or, yeah. He just, or he's just losing his, losing his shit. That. Uh, there's not without precedent as well. <laughs> so, well, he's he lost his that shit once. Into good murdery, you know, directions. I guess we're all right with that. 
and we we do get to see Shiva eat the survivor that got away. Carol's uh, Carol and Ezekiel's group were tracking one of the savers that threw a grenade at him, and uh, you know ran away, and they're trying to get him before he gets back to his compound and warm. And we finally learned Ezekiel's ruling philosophy, which is I uh, which, is um, fake it till, which is fake it till you make it. Well, yeah, and he said that early on when he, him and uh, Carol first kind of had the heart to heart a couple. Uh, seasons ago, you know, and he's he finally dropped his accent and like I'm just acting here, you know, but I got to keep acting or you know people are going to lose morale and and, I, and at first Carol's just like, man, I'm kind of done with you. Your positivity's really going to get into me. But you know what? Ezekiel looks like he's having a good time. Yes. yes. And that just kind of baffling to her and and finally at the end though, she kind of smiles at his little act once again and yet I smile and you know it's like we will move forward as we move the world forward. And you thought, and you thought the Renfair Act wouldn't work. Words. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> I, I mean, I have. You still, you look at some of the faces of his men too, when he's like waving the sword around. They're like, yeah, all right, let's just go. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we we get it. You're the king. <laughs> but uh, we may have our first like main. Casualty and Aaron's uh, man there, Eric, gets a uh, gets a pretty nasty looking gut shot going on near the end of the second one. Oh, you don't feel bad about Tobin? Uh, Tobin, Tobin, he took like an arm shot. He'll be all right. He'll be. All right. Thought, he probably will no, die eventually, but you know. I thought Tobin did die. I thought he was on the Talking Dead as a dead man, as a, one of those that died. Maybe, did I, I misread that? I don't think so. See, now I gotta find out. I, I yeah, I don't. I, I, I didn't watch either of the Talking so Dead yet, but. No, I thought he just took like a, an arm, a shot in the arm. I literally just watched it. I don't think he died. <laughs> so, yeah, we shall see. Tune in next week. Yes, and it will be. Uh, and we didn't get any Gabriel and Negan in the second episode. We're saving that one. Um, so some fairly good CGI on petting Shiva. A little sketchy, but um, the eating scene was good. She got the uh, got the saber that got away. And kind of the big reveal at the end, uh, Rick gets taken prisoner by Morales. Yes, that Morales from way back in season one. Who I don't remember. Which I barely remembered. I mean, yeah, he was like gone after like the third episode in, in season one, if I remember And I watched correctly. probably watched the episode most recently out of anybody. Yeah. And I didn't remember him. So, I don't know. I, yeah, they've they've kind of been hyping this for a while. You know, and the whole time that he... Uh, he shot one of those uh, guys that was guarding in the, and he was guarding for a reason. I mean, he guarded till he died, you know. And Rick walks in the room and finds a child there. Yeah, a baby. Gracie. Yeah. And Gracie. You can just see the amount of guilt he felt. I'm not sure if it was. See, I almost read it like that he had contemplated killing the baby for a second there. <laughs> like he looks at himself in the mirror and he's just like, "No, nah, I shouldn't. Should I?" <laughs> but oh, I didn't. My twisted I didn't, mind. <laughs> yeah, that's twisted. Because no, I I didn't see that at all. What I saw was him thinking maybe he shouldn't have shot him. Maybe he should have took him prisoner. Memo to self, keep baby away from Scott. Yeah, I think that's going to be the theme, is basically that we're going to see Rick come around to being more merciful and deciding, you know, that we have to not murder everybody, you know, because we all have to live, you know, not exactly, the world isn't exactly brimming with live people. 
you know, so if we can take some from the enemy and get them to be friends, then, you know, the, the, all the better. I think that's the arc that he's going to take, whether or not they kill him for it or not. Survival is a good cause. Yeah, uh, which obviously hasn't worked out very well when he has tried to be peaceful with people, but and, and that's kind of his driving force. But I think we, you know, Carl's calling him out on it, and, and it's been a, a constant arc of, of Rick getting... I still think Andrew Lincoln's... I still think they're writing him as a little nuts in that, I said again, hopefully it's not just my twisted brain, but I see when he kills somebody, it's almost still an enjoyment of it. Like when he cut that walker to chop on the one guard. um, Yeah. It's like, he's just like, no, just shooting you ain't good enough. You you gotta go this way. And I well, the, the guy brought Carl into the discussion. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it was he, fine. He it was fine. He, he was letting him talk shit, but the moment he brought Carl into it, that was it. Well, it's, walk it's like talking about your mama. That's just not done. You know, bring the kid into it. Um, so, um, I'm pretty happy with the first two episodes. Uh, other than oh, my wait a, second, wait a second. Hold on. I got, I got a couple questions. Go for it. Morales, who showed up there at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, what did that mean to you? I mean, he was in what bunch of first season episodes. Yeah. And meant, how does he split off? A publicity stunt to me, to be honest. With yeah, you. it meant nothing to me. I didn't, I didn't recognize him. I, mean, I, I knew there was a uh, somebody coming back, but I didn't recognize him either. To be honest, I was like, who is he? It's, it's always. I guess it's just been kind of a you know he's he's like the one guy that was unresolved from the early seasons that we never saw die. You know now they're all over the place. I mean, who the fuck knows where Heath is or cares? But all of a sudden, yeah, they. I, I think they overhyped it. I'm like, I don't. I'm with you, Mike. I don't think that many people gave a shit about Morales's whereabouts or not. Yeah. Um, so whatever. I know that. Another thing, and this is going to cause everybody to go back to their DVRs, but mm-hmm. was the stuffed rabbit that was in the crib the same one that Judith was seen holding in the flash forward? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah, there, there, was, a, there was a stuffed rabbit in the crib, and then later, when, you, in the, when they had the flash forward with Judith, she's seen holding a stuffed rabbit. Uh, in, in Mercy, in the episode Mercy. All so stuff rabbits look alike to me. Yeah. Now, uh, as far as deaths go, uh, I was wrong. Tobin did not die. So we had Andy, Freddie, Mara, which that was my favorite death in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. She was the one leading the saviors and, you know, basically got that pinned evil. in. Yeah, yeah she got right. that shit, though. She was being an idiot. Like, oh, uh, oh there's dead people all around me. Oh yeah, yeah, they're gonna rise up and become walkers. And, and apparently, to that by now. Yeah, apparently Captain Hook was Gracie's father. Okay. Okay, and then there's Nelson, Francine, eight unnamed Alexandria residents, and at least thirty-three unnamed saviors. Oh, it's pretty pretty good so, body count for for two yeah. episodes. Yeah, that's great. It's definitely all out war. Uh, again, it's uh, well. I, I don't have high hopes for for Eric. Um, bad gut shot, and they need to knock off a semi-known character to make it have some impact. So we'll see. But all right, we'll be back on track though next week, kids. We'll do the full uh, synopsis for you. Sorry again, David Pascal and Gene Hendricks. Um, maybe this is your excuse to jump onto the show and, and see what happened in detail. But it was a lot of just uh, shooty shooty, die, yeah. drive, shooty shooty, walk, 
talk, big speeches, shooty shooty, and probably gonna get a lot of that this season. So, now I'll be honest, I'm a sucker for big speeches. I I could have done. I almost. I get what they're doing. It was the beginning of a new season, so it's they almost had to do. They Maggie especially did like almost the whole season recap <laughs> in one of her speeches. It's like I remember I've been here for since the farm and since the people that tried to eat us and since this place and I'm going to be here for the beginning of this fight and then I got to go have a baby that I'm not even showing yet. Yeah. I just had to remind you all of what was going on because it's the beginning of the season, which. I'll watch Lauren Cohen read a fucking phone book, so I don't care. But um, <laughs> still, it just felt a little exposition heavy, uh, in my opinion. Well, but the but last, it was beginning after a long break. Yeah. Yeah. And the last speech that Rick, that Rick gave, where he gave the, the final, we've already won bit, yeah. as he's leading up to that, says every single this, every single that, I got a swell in me, inside of me, like I did the first time I saw the movie Independence Day, and the president gives his, will not go quietly into the night. Yeah. There was some, yeah, there was some good breaks. Hey, I, I, I had the actual opposite because when I was listening to that speech, I was thinking of my old football coach. Because <laughs> telling us we were going to make the playoffs and we were two and five. <laughs> yeah, he was probably not buying it. Yeah, there's a point where you have to have some actual reinforcement behind the positive reinforcement, uh, some reality. But you brought up something interesting, though, and that was um, there was something that got said in, in one of the episodes. I don't remember what it was, but it made me sit there think about Negan. And I think I've mentioned something along the lines before, but now I know what it is. He reminds me of my middle school uh, gym coach. And this was one of those guys that just loved to lord his power over everybody. And if you didn't say sir or whatever at the right time, you had to get down and do 50 push-ups. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what Negan reminds me of now. And so I was like, I can't get that out of my head that he's like the gym coach, not yeah. some military leader or anything. He's just some sad, Maybe sad he was guy. an asshole gym coach. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I think that's probably what Negan was in whatever life he had before the zombie apocalypse. And that, I haven't read the the whole this is Negan backstory they released in the comics yet, but my understanding was that I no 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 don't 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 spoil anything. Right, well, <laughs> I, he may or may not have been that or something. I no, I've said I haven't read it, so I, I read a rumor. There's a 100 percent chance that he was or was not a gym coach. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I will say yes and no and yes again, and then I'll say yes to all of that. Again. Again, or whatever the hell Ezekiel was talking about in his one speech. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, Ezekiel was because, just, but Kari Payton sells it. He does. Yeah. yeah, he does. He's so awesome. He just he's enjoying that role so much. I mean, you can tell. But it's just like I, it's still drawing the floor. You know, I, I'm I'm still Carol. I'm like I'm confused in the most wonderful way possible about Ezekiel. Yeah, but I, I am just enjoying watching him have a good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And he still has time in all of this to hassle Jerry. Yeah. Oh, and uh, zombie kills. <laughs> Walker kills of the week. Definitely go to Jerry and his huge axe. Oh, it's yes. A really good one. He did like a splatter against the wall with one of them. Did a real squishy brain one a couple times. Uh, that was something got to him before you. <laughs> But I, I want to mention one thing, just prediction-wise. Jerry giving up his one little armor piece for uh, Enid there. Oh, man. Not, not, that's just a bad, bad warning flag. Um, if Jerry buys it, that's going to be where he gets bit. That's all I'm saying. Never give up your armor, man. You can't kill Jerry. You better now. Uh, so I, says me. 
I hope not. I will riot. But you take out Daryl, I don't care. But Jerry needs to stay. Get rid of anybody. <laughs> I'll riot if they kill Jerry. <laughs> For not the same reasons women would riot if they killed Daryl, I might add. <laughs> but um, why don't we wrap it, kids? Because I want to get this produced because we got a freaking celebrity on here and it's awesome. Absolutely. So, Thanks again to Mike Zapsick for joining us. Yes, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Beth, for setting it up. You are an awesome talent agent. Uh, you need to Thanks. go into a career as it. Um, thank you. I try. I try really hard. He put up with all my phone calls. He he really is <laughs> he a great very, guy. He was a gracious, a gracious guest. That was so great. And hopefully yeah. you at home will enjoy it as much as we did. Uh, so Brian Hughes, Beth Hughes, Mike Zumo, I'm Scott McGregor. We're Fear the Walking Deadcast, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye now. Yeah, sayonara. Yes. You've been listening to Fear the Walking Deadcast on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network.